0: Hi, welcome to the Trauma Thrivers Podcast. Delighted to have you with us. I'm Lula Bentz, your host, a psychotherapist, a trauma expert, and a survivor myself. Lovely to have you with us. The Trauma Thrivers Podcast is for anybody who has been through any sort of developmental trauma or who has complex PTSD. This podcast aims to help educate, inspire and support those of us that are on a trauma healing journey. We've got stories, steps and various solutions to trauma to help you heal. If you'd like more information or tips or tools or strategies, please go to traumathrivers.com. You can also find this podcast on on my YouTube channel, Lula Bent's Trauma Thrivers. If you'd like to join our community of Thrivers, please find us on Facebook under Trauma Thrivers. Chiron Clinics proudly sponsors the Trauma Thrivers podcast. Chiron Clinics offer residential and outpatient treatment for anyone trying to recover from the effects of trauma. Chiron's clinics look through the lens of trauma to treat common mental health problems and behavioral disorders, which can lead to self-harming, addictions, depression, anxiety, and relationship issues. All treatment protocols used at Chiron clinics use the latest research on trauma in the brain as a guide, and the combination can be highly effective in restoring nervous system regulation. For more information, see ChironClinics.com. Welcome to the Trauma Thrivers podcast. Today's guest is going to talk about his alcohol addiction and how he quit. Not only his addiction, but he wrote this brilliant book, How to Quit Alcohol in 50 Days. My guest is Simon Chapel, and he's a certified sobriety coach, speaker, and also now a best-selling author. Since Simon became sober, it's become his mission to raise awareness around the dangers of alcohol. And at his worst, he was drinking at least three bottles of red wine a day. He runs one of the largest Facebook sobriety communities and is now working on his second book already about helping people who have suffered childhood trauma and neglect, which is due out in late 2021. Uh, I'm going to ask him how he's realised, of course, the link between his addiction and his childhood trauma. But I'd just like to say thank you to you all for tuning in. So today I am delighted to introduce Simon, who I've already introduced and built up to share his story a little bit to start with, hopefully. And how how did you quit drinking, Uh,
1: Thanks for having me on, Lewis. Oh, pleasure. Um, It's great to be here. But, yeah, quitting drinking was... um, something that was a real challenge for me. I mean, I'd, I'd drunk heavily for over 20 years and I was drinking anything from one to three bottles of red wine every day. Yeah. Often I was drinking beer, spirits on top. And I, I spent about five years before I quit in this place where I had internal conflict. You know, Part of me had, the seed had been planted that I was drinking too much and I was harming myself yet my subconscious just wanted to carry on with the same old habits and keep me stuck where I was. And it was like this washing machine of thoughts spinning around in my head. And I would drink more to try and silence the thoughts. And every time I tried to quit, it pulled me straight back again. And I sort of stayed in this place of discomfort for around five years before I actually managed to stop drinking. And it was really through self-education, getting motivated I think mindset is such a huge part of it as it is with anything around sort of trauma work addiction work just sort of feeling like that I'm going to gain something from this I'm not losing anything although it might feel hard to get to that place there's some real gifts when you get there and I, I, I've had a real sort of motivated almost excited mindset like I was jumping into a new hobby or something like that and that's how it felt for me but a lot of it was about educating connecting with people making sure I had the right support um, journaling everything paying attention to what was going on and, and having sort of tactics and tools in place really. Okay
0: and did you use any of the
1: fellowship or anything like that in your journey? No I, I've got quite a, a, a I was going to say a modern approach but well I suppose it is or a different approach yeah um, with, with my own coaching and the work that I do now and so, so much of what I did was around connecting with groups on Facebook support okay. groups there just like your group for trauma you know and, yeah. and meeting people who are on the same journey same path and connecting with them and feeling like I'm not alone in this it was yeah. just so important and powerful to me but I've never been to an AA meeting I've never wow. been to yeah any of those things some of my friends have got a lot out of them but
0: for you it was a different way
1: yeah absolutely Yeah.
0: yeah so when did you realize that there was some trauma underneath the addiction
1: well this is an interesting one because so many people I work with and I work in some big groups for um this naked mind which is a big um mostly American organization that helps people quit drinking. So I'm often in groups with several thousand people and I coach in those and and trauma is not talked about too much in the sober and addiction space, which I find strange and we can Mm. touch on that a little bit more. But many people quit drinking and they go through this initial period of discomfort, cravings, emotional instability and then they feel start to feel really happy and more peaceful and calmer and which i absolutely did yes but several months in it was as if this mask had come off and i felt kind of naked in the world metaphorically and i i could no longer not look in the mirror at this person and i and there still was this kind of void that existed within me i still knew i wasn't really feeling Feelings. I still didn't cry at things. I yes. didn't get angry about stuff. So um, you were a bit uh, numb and a bit dissociated. I'd say more than a bit, massively, yeah. You know, and there were other things going on, like certain narcissistic traits and um, just and generally being unconscious in everything I was doing in my life. Yeah. And, and doing things from an ego perspective rather than actually what was good for me. Or And there was no sort of self-love Um, practice going on what kind of kindness to me and I always use three words when I talk to people in coaching and it just it's because it applied to me and I think it just resonates with so many people not good enough and that was just how I felt not good enough so and it was probably around the four to no maybe about the six month stage that I started to realize that yes I've made I've taken this huge step I've quit drinking there's more to this I feel like initially I thought alcohol was the problem it was the cause and I started to realize actually I've chopped off some branches of this tree but I haven't ripped up the roots of it and I now need to dig into the roots and that was what I started doing sort of midway through the first year sober
0: okay and and interestingly going towards the void I guess the first thing that we need to do those of us in recovery is to be able to not numb the feelings and not be dissociated and get back into the body and learn to be with our feelings and not numb them out so how did you do that how did you start to name them and all of those things
1: yeah and again that well I suppose one of the beautiful things about sobriety is that you become so much more Mm self-aware and I always say to the people I work with that you know, quitting drinking gives you the foundation to build this new happy life I don't think you can resolve trauma if you're drinking every single day you're just no. not in the right headspace to do it I certainly could look couldn't have yeah. anyway and it was very much when I started continuing to so I continued to educate myself, and I and I sort of transitioned from reading sober books to reading self-help books, and was just learning more and more and noticing things that really connected with me and were. I was reading books and saying, "Well, yeah, that's that's me. That's what's yeah. happened to me. Yeah. That was my life," and and I just started to actually label the feelings. I I just used an emotion wheel that yeah. I found online. I'm sure yeah. you've seen them. Um, and they're brilliant in fact I still use them with clients they're so good and um, someone actually gave me some cards I was just looking for them which actually named the emotions as well so that was kind of how I started and when you start doing it it just becomes a new habit of saying well that's anger that's fear that's rage or you know whatever sadness and But it took a while to start really connecting with them. I mean, anger, I still don't really get angry. Um, I'm working on that one. I'm getting there. Yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I'd encourage anyone to make me angry. Please do. it.
0: I'll try not to today, Simon. I'll try (laughs) not to. Um, And when did you realise that that kind of connected back some of those feelings to earlier, obviously, childhood and family of origin, I'm I'm guessing, is
1: where the trauma lay or lies? So the more I started looking at it, the more obvious it was becoming that I didn't have a very good childhood and I interestingly so I was sexually abused when I was 13 by an older boy and I didn't tell anyone about it until I was 40 years old and I was talking to um, a good friend actually who she runs another podcast and gave she gave me some she was t- telling me how she spoke spoke more openly about her own trauma and how much lighter it made her feel yeah this was very much in an early stage of my journey and I I told my wife about it and I thought yeah okay I feel a bit better about it but I run quite a big YouTube channel and the more I kind of paid attention to this and thought actually I'm gonna I'm gonna share it I'm gonna talk about it so I did Um, on my YouTube and I had so many people particularly men connecting with me who've suffered similar issues and that was really when I started not only to connect with my own past but actually talking to other people uh, offering my thoughts to other people and helping them Um, and then I started there were some good, great books that I read, actually, that really drew me to the type of parents that I had. Like, my father abandoned my mother and I when I was two years old. I didn't even realise I had issues around rejection and abandonment. Yet, I would get emotionally triggered if I was in Starbucks and the person behind the till ignored me, you know, because yes. she was rejecting me. Yes. It, it, you know, it was that bad. Sure, sure. Wow. It was incredible. And then... Um, and unfortunately, my mother was emotionally absent. So she would rarely hug me or show me sort of the love, compassion, care that I needed. So yeah. there were all these things at play that, that went on. But yeah, yeah I, th- I feel it was just a gradual process. It was a bit like incremental gains every few days. I, I would just notice it a bit more. The more I, The more awareness I paid to it, the, the more I began to feel it. And I, I use a really corny phrase with people, which is when you're aware, you're halfway there. But it's, it just feels so yeah, true to me.
0: Yeah, but I love it. I think that's so true because without awareness, what have we got, you know? Yeah. And particularly with addiction and trauma and, and you know, you know, I'm of the belief that underneath all addiction sits trauma or neglect or abuse. Yeah. or or something otherwise why would we become addicts or addicted you know I think a, a huge step of that denial or dissociation as I prefer to call it is you actually getting really honest with yourself and in that honesty being really honest and open with other people and I mean sharing about that experience at 13 that the sense of of shame lessons doesn't it when you can be honest and also you lessen other people's shame
1: yeah precisely you know when i started receiving messages from people sort of saying thank you for sharing this i mean the the day i shared it i had a message from a lady saying she was within minutes of this video going out saying she was sat outside the school gates waiting to pick her son up in tears and she'd never told anybody that she had suffered something similar. And I was the first person she'd ever told about it. And I, yeah. it literally blew me away. I, I just, yeah. and, and that video sort of pro- gets those sort of comments regularly yes. now.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: Because we can't sit in silence. And no, we've got to shine a light on it or it just stays in a very dark, horrible place.
0: Exactly. So, so true. So I know you're a great believer in something you call radical honesty. Can you share a bit more about that?
1: I've always been um, a very honest, and I think I've always overshared with people. So I've re- I've worked on that, and I think a lot of that probably came from the abandonment issues and wanting to wanting people to not like leave. Yeah. please maybe like other uh, like like you. Yeah, exactly, and I think that you know the, almost like the well the more I let you in the more you'll stay with me, the more you'll be my friend. So I think there was always this foundation of of honesty. But however, when I started to look much closer at myself, I realised actually, no, there's times when not only are you not not honest to others, you're not honest to yourself. And I really started to work on this um, almost non-negotiable commitment with myself that I would be completely honest, no matter how hard it was because i as with many people who suffer trauma and emotional neglect i was a massive people pleaser i couldn't say no and i ran a mile from conflict and i've been pushing myself in those areas to actually you know face up to these things and and do you know the the honesty piece has been one of the best things i've ever done being able to just say it like it is and just just be true in in every situation sure sometimes it's hard and the main kind of rules i give myself are not to be brutal to other people to where where you actually would up like upset someone or be unnecessarily mean to somebody but always looking after yourself and also just um really kind of thinking before i speak and considering any consequences and knowing that you can still be honest without telling everyone everything you know if somebody said to me well you know tell me your innermost secrets i can still be honest by saying it's not appropriate for me to talk to you about that i don't have to share everything with everyone so it doesn't mean that
0: yeah so it's being honest but still maintaining some boundaries right yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah, particularly with, with my mother, it's been a godsend because I've I've been able to have some in, incredibly open conversations with her, um, share with her about how I feel about my childhood and I've been able to set boundaries and, and that is so powerful. I mean, yeah. a few years ago, I didn't know what a boundary was. I didn't yeah. have any. Yeah, yeah. So radical
0: honesty, setting boundaries, trying not to people-please so much, uh, not being so conflict-avoidant, what other, I don't know, tools or tips or strategies would you want to give to anybody listening who's either trying to put down their drinking but might underneath... I mean, would you take it in stages? Would you say, look at your drinking first, put down the plaster before you deal with the wound and then look at the wound...
1: Yeah, I absolutely would. So I run a, a big Facebook sober community and, and same on Instagram. And I really think if with any addiction, to be honest, no matter what it is, I think in order to really get a handle on the work around people, um, getting unstuck from our past, the trauma, the neglect, you want to try and get a handle on any sort of addictive behaviour, particularly alcohol and drugs. And I think quitting drinking, it just gets you in that right mindset, that right sort sort of peaceful, calm place, where you're no longer phased by things that used to cause a massive meltdown. So the triggers aren't quite so strong i guess is the easiest way of putting it so yeah i absolutely would do that and uh, you know the great place to start with everything i think is education yeah with this whole journey for me started with picking up a book and it's just getting curious and approaching. it you remember
0: it. what that book was, Simon?
1: Yeah, that the first quit drinking book was "This Naked Mind" by Annie Grace, who I now work for. Yes. And She actually, I think I She actually wrote the foreword on my first book. So this okay. is this Naked amazing,
0: Mind. amazing, great, okay, fab. And um, you're right, isn't it? It just takes that first book, or that first inspiration, or that first bit of hope, even that things can be different and can be as both of us would say so much better without alcohol.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously that's what I do as a full-time job is help people quit drinking and if you know if people could see the what they gain from quitting drinking if you, if you actually knew that and could feel it and see it from the start it it wouldn't feel hard to quit because you would realize how much better life is you're a better parent a better partner a better employee or business owner or whatever it may be everything improves but unfortunately you can't see it and you almost have to take this leap of faith and go through some difficult stuff at the beginning to get there but it is so worth it yeah
0: and and what tools are you using now yourself because let's say it's a lifelong journey, isn't it? We're always learning, and there are different layers and different lessons. And you know, I, I, I for one haven't reached full enlightenment yet, and I don't know whether I will do in this lifetime. So we're always learning and building. What processes or strategies or things are you doing now to work
1: on the trauma? Um, in terms of the trauma, I still do one-to-one therapy uh, every single week, and spend a lot of time exploring things I mean therapy has been amazing but it's important to find the right therapist and I I really took my time I'd I'd been through quite a few therapists previously but none of them had experienced the same issues I had and I thought about it from the perspective of somebody who's a sobriety coach I wouldn't want to work with a sobriety coach who had never drunk in their life I'd want someone who actually understood how hard it feels to deal with a craving who who gets it um so that was a a real game changer for me and i'm part of a, a men's group we meet actually we're meeting tonight every wednesday night there's six of us in there and We, there's no egos. We share everything. I've managed to let go of every single secret I've ever had in there. So I've got no shame about anything and hopefully not much lurking in my shadow. So it's just been, I I think men's therapy groups and women's therapy groups are so, so powerful. Um, And there's things as well, like the Mankind Project and weekends. There's again, there's ones for women as well that people can go on to connect so I and I do a lot of reading um, just self-help books and you know I'll I'll pick up little bits from them and I'll watch a lot of videos and just equally hearing other people's stories so the people in my Facebook groups and in my program where we connect on Zoom and on live sessions just hearing their stories and and understanding how things are for them and, and often hearing how people have Got themselves to a better place that alone that connection i think is massive and being accountable obviously writing books and coaching and things that makes me accountable so it helps
0: yeah it does it does and for you the rest of this year or 2021 what's what's in store for you what are you hoping to to
1: bring to the world well, it, yeah, it's been a, a funny year with the pandemic and everything. And I, I launched a quit drinking program in May, which is going really well. The new book, which I think you got a copy of, I have. What's I have.
0: Book? Look, we can do a double
1: whammy. Yeah, double whammy. <laughs> a lot of um, sort of work has gone into the build up and the launch. And then there's two other projects on the go. There's a sober life stories book that I'm putting together, which hopefully will be out sometime next year. And I'm writing a book around. Um, healing childhood emotional neglect which I'm doing sort of in collaboration with someone else so which that looks to be quite an interesting project as well so well I'm sure that would be great for the trauma thrivers audience and yeah absolutely I think it will I've I've had a few people read the manuscript and the feedback's been really really good but yeah I'm not a therapist I just it's what I've learned on the journey but I feel like I've I've, you know all that stuff I went through at the start of my life I feel like it's payback time now. It totally is payback
0: time and it's it's wonderful that you've learned all these lessons and you've got these stories and you've got these things going on and you're helping so many other people too with their journeys and at the end of the day that's what it's all about isn't it for both of us I know that.
1: Yeah absolutely yeah likewise your group's just you know is amazing in terms of a space where people can connect and feel safe without judgment without you know any fear of being able to express themselves i think having a safe space is so important and you know being able to connect in that is just a wonderful thing
0: i agree i agree so simon thank you thank you for sharing your time with us today and some of your story and i presume the whole version is in here for people to read a bit more about you and the
1: website that they should go to is Uh, my website's besober.co.uk
0: okay and you're on instagram facebook youtube all the usual places yeah all right lovely they can come and find you thank you simon so lovely
1: to meet you thanks so much thanks for having me on it's been awesome
0: oh it's been brilliant thanks so much for listening to today's podcast I hope it helped you in some way and I really hope to see you back here soon if you have anything to share on today's experience or podcast please nip over to the youtube channel or the facebook group trauma thrivers and let us know there